Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. In this town, I'm Queen B and MVP. When you take cheap shots, always expect a hangover. This rose isn't scared to handle a little prick. Jealousy is a disease to which I say, get well soon. I love God, but I will read you like a scripture. Just like my pioneer ancestors, I'm trying to blaze a new trail. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest, I am so excited to talk to. I was, uh, I was proud to be on his IG live show. Uh, it's Venti Vents, which I, I had a huge coffee, uh, at the end of the day, which I still think I'm up for, uh, up from weeks later, but he is one of the funniest people on Instagram right now, but not only Instagram, he's a pop culture host on Sirius XM. You might know his true crime pod, not another true crime podcast on Betches, but I'm telling you, you need to go follow Danny Murphy if you don't already it's cashmere danny k-a-s-h-m-e-r-e-d-a-n-n-y funny as hell and also a hell of a nice guy danny thank you so much for being here i mean ryan what an intro you just made me i'm smiling ear to ear i'm the entire state of new jersey <laughs> on my mouth. yes well you know what a way to name drop new jersey in the first minute of the uh, podcast so that's where you're you're from right or that's where, that's you- where i'm from if it's not obvious i also i wish everyone could see off uh, off Zoom, how obvious I'm from New Jersey. I'm currently double fisting a Diet Coke and a red wine. So that's how you, have that's, no that's called class. That's called taste. That's called <laughs> elegance, my friend. Yeah. Well, I call it a Connecticut for loco. Yeah, it's very <laughs> much that. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, like for as like much as I do this, like, I mean, I think we all kind of do these things and like IG and all that for free for the most part. The real currency is having a laugh like that. Like that is my, that, that's like what you really get out of it. And, you know, it's one of those people I talked to you a couple of weeks ago and I was like, oh, I'll probably be friends with that dude for the rest of my life. Like that's like, you see, I, you seem like you have that kind of probably effect on people. Is that, is that always? That true? makes me so happy to hear. I feel like it's very much. And I mean, obviously the people listening are Bravo fans. So they get this. I kind of not in terms of how we act similar, but I do feel like I have Danielle Staub tagline energy where people either love me and we hit it off really well. <laughs> Or they are like, what is this guy <laughs> squeezing into Zara? Like the Zara pants splitting like like, like oh. Moses. Like, what is he doing here? So I feel like it's one or the other. But when I vibe with someone, it is like the best feeling in the entire world. Speaking about splitting pants, I had to film an audition on Sunday for a commercial. And it's been a, you know, it's just, it's been a, it's been a heck of a quarantine. And I Oof. put on a shirt that I hadn't worn in uh, a year, I think. And I went to button the bottom part and I literally like it went plink, plink, like the buttons <laughs> just plinked off. And one literally shot across the room. I'm holding it up right now. This little button oh. shot across the room for my shirt. And it was like, 
what a way like i it it was so sad that i even like i think the audition i put on tape and i was like i'm not gonna get this what's up <laughs> um how did you first off i know i probably confused the guests because i read like seven jobs uh okay. that you're doing i'm I a private you, dancer tina turner yeah <laughs> i mean we're all private dancers i think yeah. but like how did you get started in all this like what is this your main job what i mean it, it's one of those things i feel like it's like the most 20 or not even 2020 because 2020 is a completely different ballgame but the most recent mindset is that everyone like to do what you want to do you work 900 jobs I feel like and you're just yeah. always yeah working so a lot of it I do a lot of like the less like fun type of things I'll do a lot of like helping uh people with social media because that is kind of I've been coding MySpace since I was MySpace was a thing so I truly <laughs> if you can't like my bangs are reforming as I say that sentence like I was just like chugging monster energy drink like making html so I've always loved social media and uh, so I do some stuff with that but I've gotten into podcasting and comedy uh after I started doing I, I was an internet series which is so funny oh really so that's where yeah so uh way back when um I was an intern and that's where I got the name cashmere too so I was an intern on a this show well I kept on applying there because I was like oh like pop culture I was like I, I, I don't know I was like Jenny McCarthy I, you know all these people that I yeah, saw yeah, that yeah. I was like, oh that's fun but then they put me on the comedy channel and it's so funny they put me on raw dog comedy and raw I was dog, like yeah. <laughs> and then I was like looking at myself I'm like truly like sipping a Starbucks like extra ice like staring I'm like am I raw dog in comedy right now what's <laughs> happening are we gonna mesh that was I was like I was like am I about to like Trevor project this but <laughs> <laughs> but when I went there, they were so much fun. And it's, I oh, I always, oh, I like want to like sing their praises 800 times. And it's uh, the Bennington show. Uh, and it's Ron Bennington and Gail Bennington. And he's been doing radio for decades. He's like a legend. And he taught me so much. And the first week that I was an intern there, he was like, do you want to like do production? Or do you want to like, do you want to like host and do stuff? I was like, oh, yeah. man, that would be amazing. He's like, well, come in. <laughs> so that's what I kind of love too, that he was like, well, do it if you want to do it. And like put me to the test and let me make all these fun uh, segments and stuff like that. And that's who I still do the serious show with now. So it's been awesome to grow from there. Man, serious is like, that's on like a bucket list just to even be on. Like, cause I, I was like the first, like I bought that first radio and cause I was a Howard Stern guy oh, yeah. or like I, I used to, I grew up on Stern and not everybody kind of thinks that means a certain thing. Like, Oh, like strippers and all that. Like, no, like what I loved about Stern was that it was like one of the first reality shows. Like everybody that worked on the show were characters in the show, you know? And I loved that's, that. Yeah. That's what I love so much about. And it's one of those things. Cause now I feel like when people talk about radio, it's, it's some people give it the same eyes that they give like magazines, but it's truly one of the purest forms of entertainment. I feel it like, because it's exactly what you're saying. It's people just opening up their lives and like, like podcasting, but it's like live and you have a bunch of different moving parts with the two because you have the yeah. producers that come in just rotating pandemonium and everything like that. And I think that's why it's so fun too, because it's just constant and crazy and you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, and it was one of those, I think it was like the first foray, even like liking that got me into podcasts, but I, I like that, like the family element of it. You know, I like when you uh, get the feeling that the two people that are talking or three people that are friends, they, they have a, a secret language or something that you're kind of listening in and you're the quiet friend, you know? Yes, it's like a dream of like eavesdropping. You're like, oh my God, this is such the coolest yes. conversation I'm hearing right now because it's the truest form of entertainment. I mean, that's what I miss the most in 2020, just like eavesdropping on a first date or eavesdropping on a conversation going on. And that's what radio does for you. Yeah. Well, so like the 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 creativity part of it is that, uh, you know, I, I I have been an acting teacher for so long. And one of the big things we always tell students is to create your own content. And now more than any, I mean, 2020, of course, has really hurt a lot of things. But 
we have so so much at our disposal in terms of being able to be creative, whether it be with our computers, our phones, and all that stuff. And and you are definitely a prime example of this. If you go to your Instagram account, just the simplest things that are done out of like you know you're you're putting lips on an orange, you're putting li- you're you're doing these you know I, I but you use what you have and it inspires some of the craziest creativity that ends up working. Like, is that how you find it? It is so weird. I feel like it always comes down because I started and it's so, I love that uh, you teach that too to people because I feel like that's why I started making my own stuff too. Cause I would be, cause I, before lockdown started, I was like doing standup and doing all this stuff. And I kept on being like, Oh, I want to be booked on more shows or like, why am I not like wh- what's happening? And then I was like, well, why am I? I'm like, I want to do comedy and I want to like create stuff. Why am I waiting for yeah. some, some person in a beanie that lives yeah. in bed in like bed Cause I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn. Usually I'm like this bed bitch to be like, Oh, you can have seven minutes at like my sad coffee shop. I'm like, let's, let's try to pivot here. So then I started doing more stuff online. And then I was like, Oh, this is a fun. Cause it combines just knowing and loving social media and also comedy. And also, cause it's like where I'm spending all my time too, where I'm like looking for entertainment on Instagram. So then I'm just like, what's something stupid. And I'm just like, I put it out there, not thinking anything's going to happen. And then yeah. if something works, I'm like, all right, let's do some more of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is crazy. And it also, it just shows you what a, what a weird, like, I like that thought of like, you know, what am I waiting for? Like Jerry Seinfeld to come and say, Hey, you gotta, <laughs> you're so funny. You gotta yeah. come. And it's like, usually it's like, no, that's not the way it works for anybody is that you create your own stuff. Hopefully people catch up to you. And that's usually how it is. It's not like you're on fire. You have to work and work. And then all of a sudden you're an overnight success one day. And then, yeah. And then everyone's like, how'd you get there? And everyone's like, I've been like crying into Pinot Noir <laughs> editing yeah. shit. For like, Oh, this guy's so lucky. This guy yeah. just came in and he's a rookie. Um, uh, okay. So, in terms of reality shows, what is your history with reality shows? My history with reality, I would say it all started because I always was like into funny, funny people and like funny ladies for forever. And I feel like it really kicked off for me was the Margaret Cho show. Like, remember that her show on MTV? Yeah, totally. That and my life on the D list. That oh, kind of my life on the D list is like my heart. Like that. Everybody doesn't give Kathy Griffin enough credit. I mean, now she's like a thing, but back when Bravo literally had, like, she was Bravo. She was Bravo. People don't remember, you know? She was the Kardashians Bravo. Like, truly, yes. like, she really was the network. She was the first so person hanging specials. out with Lance Bass. She was the first person hanging out with Lance Bass as a pseudo-celebrity, yeah. And he took that and ran. But exactly, because it was that thing. And that's when I realized, too, that I'm like, oh, there are, and of course, Kathy is different than a lot of reality shows because she's just naturally hilarious and a trained comedian. Yeah. But it was one of the, it was the first moments that I realized, I'm like, this is so funny. And it's not like, sitcom I'm like what is this kind of show and it made me just seek it out more because like there are so many times that I'll like watch like or I would like watch a sitcom on TV and I would not laugh because I was laughing I would laugh because I'm like oh this is where the laugh is supposed to fit in yeah and I don't know yeah, if that's yeah. I get like a little techie with shit like that but yeah. I'm like okay that's their punchline versus like a reality show where I'm like this is hard just like demanding Kristen Chenoweth to teach her to sing I'm like there's there's you can't write it's well, one of the, you can't write that you're, you're so right because what you're talking about is like we grew up on like multi-camera sitcom which was mm-hmm. like the three camera sitcom you guys and what it would do is like it would be set up set up punch so you or you would do like joke joke reverse the joke like there's all these things you do in like a traditional multi-cam sitcom but then comedy moved into when you had like the office and stuff like that single cam sitcom and the joke wasn't on the line the joke was when the uncomfortable silences yes, you know is exactly. like that that's where comedy changed a lot i think in the early aughts or something but but my life on the d-list you had those kind of comedic moments that were 
uncomfortable, awkward, played with like just facial movements. And I don't know, you're, you're completely right in that. And I was, I was in love with that show. Like I, I was in love it. with that show. So much. And you also just made me think that I realized what probably started to shift a lot of shows to go more into what you were just talking about is when the comeback was on HBO for the yeah. season that was so good, when it was a comedy show making fun of reality TV, like mocking out a reality TV show, because yes. that was so much of the faces and everything. And I feel like right after that was when people were like, let's do the office type of thing like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so you, uh, my life on the D list, did you, were you immediately into housewives and all that stuff? Is there things you don't mess with? There are there things I don't mess with. Well, it's funny. I my relationship with Bravo. I started because because I grew up in Jersey, so I was New Jersey. New Jersey was my first foray into it because I was just like, okay, I love the. I was like, oh my god, I know that mall or something like that. And I was Have like, you oh, ever love- driven by any of the houses that they've oh. uh, that they haven't paid the IRS taxes for? Let me raise you one more. <laughs> I before before her Instagram became her Instagram. I went to Siggy Flicker's house. <laughs> and you're and you're still alive. That's amazing. <laughs> I actually don't know how I got out of there, but yes. Wait, why did you go to Siggy Flicker's house? Because before I was doing all the podcasting and stuff like that, and it's kind of and it's one of those like I was helping produce this like web show with Hearst Digital Media, and it was called Shot Topics, and it was literally and it's like so great because this is how I kind of got more into like knowing some people in Bravo and stuff like that. It was just like we brought Bravo celebrities onto this talk show, got them drunk. And like, just ask them questions. You got soggy flicker drunk. Soggy got soggy. Well, soggy didn't get that soggy, but Dolores did. And that was because that was when they were ride or dies. <laughs> Man, I don't know if anybody out there has followed soggy flickers social <laughs> media the last uh, year, but she's been on such a journey. And I'm so thankful that she's not on Bravo anymore to share with us that journey on there. You know, it, it, it also is so insane to me because it's one of those things that I'm like, and am I shocked that um, a housewife has those beliefs? No, but she was so not that and then became so it. I'm telling you, there is some like with anything, and I don't want to get super political, but there does seem a, and not even the man himself, but there seems to be a cult vibe around some of his most, um, uh, his biggest fans. Like I was yeah. watching Soggy's uh, Instagram and she was like having a party in her house, oh, dancing around in a Trump flag. And I was like, the only thing this has to end in is an orgy. This is eyes wide shut with like <laughs> flags. Like this doesn't make sense. It's like I'm like I I I politically I've never danced around with any flag with anybody like no. Obama Biden I, I vote and I get on with it usually but like she's like dancing with flags I mean it, it was wild that's what confuses me too with people that lean to like or like are just so much like that I'm like do you need like a Trump vibrator like do you need a pen's pencil to shove up you to climax like I don't <laughs> understand why she's creating her own fairy tale with it but I think it's also one of those things like once she got kicked off the show she's like okay what's my identity. So she's like, I'll just do this, I guess. I mean, I just wonder how the kids like, because we watched her buy her son a really fancy car. We watched her family. We watched all of that stuff. So I'm like, how does this all go together? And I mean, we'll get off this in a a sec, but I I really, I mourn the flag industry that, I mean, they really, they had such a good four years, but like now I I worry like who else is going to, you know, buy these flags, you know? Maybe if they make like a Jesse Ware flag, I'll buy it because I'm loving her new album. But besides that, I have no <laughs> Wait, one that I'm really- I love that you found a way to get Jesse Ware, uh, <laughs> a, a songstress in, in the mix right I now. am single-handedly helping her GA Google Analytics rise. Girl, I got you. <laughs> uh, I actually have seen Jesse Ware at Coachella once and she was great. She was amazing. Uh, really, I, I mean, that. yeah, amazing. But um, okay, so you got into Jersey- you yes. um, were there housewives show you shows you wouldn't touch or were not your scene. 
you know what's so funny? And I always say this. I always, I don't know how my brain does this. I always don't get into something that ends up blowing up in everyone's face. I like when everyone was watching Louie, I was like, eh, I don't really want to. Who has a last laugh now? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just kind of saying like, I've never, I've never seen a Miramax film ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like Shakespeare in what? No, thank you. Um, and I, so I never, and I couldn't, cause I think I started a few years later, like when Jersey came out, that's when I started jumping into them. Never watched OC. I keep tabs Sorry. on some of the girls who are like the known girls, but yeah. I never watched it. I, Cause when I got to the point, it was before like watching like, like reality shows poorly done again was like fun. Cause I'm like, what is this like Nokia flip phone they're holding? So I never got into it. And now this year I'm like, I don't have to choose. I, I don't even watch it. I'm like, Emily, who's Emily's list? Like what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, so where are you at? Like on Vanderpump rules? Is oh, that I mean, just... I do watch that. Okay. 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 Uh, yeah. Do you do Potomac? Do you do? <gasps> oh, well that's, I do every, I do every housewife besides OC. And then Potomac, I, Atlanta, Potomac. I do Potomac in Atlanta. I it's one of those things, Atlanta. I go, I go in and out of sometimes just because, oh, and I actually don't, do, I, I never got, I fell off Dallas really hard. Yeah, Dallas was hard. I mean, well, I did watch last season and it did even for like, it got to a point when Leanne was like shouting about like, oh, you're all brave Mexican. And I was like, oh, this is, I remember being in my room at like midnight, a little tipsy. And I was like, this is scary to watch. I do not yeah. like this. I'm like, this is not good to me. I, the most, I mean, the video from Housewives, one of the top videos I rewatch is, they're just hands. You know what I mean? Like, that's one of my, <laughs> that's like my alarm. My Like my Alexa will just play that in the morning. I'm like, good morning. Um, but besides that, yeah, I dip into all Bravo for the most part. I don't think there's any, I don't do their housing stuff, like their home things, the renovation. Yeah, million dollar listing. I mean, I, I got into selling Sunset on Netflix because I'm a masochist, mm -hmm. but I don't do anything <laughs> on Bravo with housing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do below deck cause I like water, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I try to support the shows just because I'm scared they're going to stop making them. Yes. But, 100%. uh, God, you just like that. Now I want my alarm clock to be Erica Jane going, you don't know, you don't. When she was like, like lack of sleep in China. And they were saying, like talking about her son, you oh. don't know what I go through. Like, and you're like, well, now we do know, baby. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, wait, so, I mean, speaking of that, just like to hit the news before we get into Salt Lake. Uh, so Erica Jane, we find out even more big news this week where they have uh, the judges suggested or did freeze Tom's assets because mm -hmm. he is in the hole. I think like, 20 million to clients. Uh, they were supposedly only have $15,000 in the law firm's bank accounts. And I mean, we're getting past the point of funny that, that this is very serious. This is like yeah. jail time. They're saying he was hospitalized today and he might be mentally incompetent. The sad thing is with anything like this, I never know if I can trust any story that comes out in regards to Tom being sick or mentally incompetent. That's that's the thing that I was confused about too, or just like questioning. Cause I'm like, is he just not wanting, I mean, and here's my thing. If I was him, I also would not want to be answering questions right now. So I would be saying what I'm saying, but I feel like also it's a thing too, where he's out of age. Well, this is a lot of sh stress and shit being thrown at him where, I mean, he dug the hole he dug, but like, I feel like it's a lot going on at once that I would not be surprised if he was needing some, um, attention of some sort to help him through this. I mean, but the Erica Jane thing is that like, I, I don't get this is that we seem to fall into this trap as housewives of flaunting wealth. And it always comes back to bite you in the ass, whether it be real wealth or fake wealth, you're faking for the screen, which I think Salt Lake has a couple examples of these oh, big time. Um, so much. It's yeah. like almost too much. 
but like it always bites you in the ass. I don't know why people don't learn. Like Teresa went to jail for God's <laughs> sakes. She should have been. I thought she was kind of the gold rule. Everyone's like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll return this car. I'll stop doing this because you saw the bitch rip her marble, her fake marble. When Melissa, I always remember that when she rips like the fake marble countertop art thing. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. Hemorrhaging cash, and then I feel like I, that's the time everyone realizes like don't try to become an image that you're not on this show because you will go to jail. But of course it's a hard cycle well, not to break. And I think we're, I think 2020 is one of the things it's taught us is that we kind of want to see, I guess, more realistic things. Like the vast amounts of wealth doesn't really super sit right with me right now. Like it's like, well, I'm eating bag salads from Trader Joe. So it's not like I'm watching this and going, oh, I want to have a church so I can take money from my uh, flock. You know, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's so weird to me that nobody seems to learn. And I, I, I really do think something bad. I think Erica Jane is possibly going to be in trouble. Like, and I mean, not, if not there, joking. Yeah. If there's, and also if there's anything that we've seen from, I, I, I'm going with women in the public eye because I feel like it just has happened more with them where it's like they, courts love to use them as an example of shit too. And yes. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, it happened with Teresa. It happened with, I mean, the college admission scandal, that was a whole different thing because they were like, they kind of, it got all drawn out. We're full of, Felicity should everyone should be Felicity because she just went in. Everyone forgot it. She's in movies now, but Lori's got drawn out. Felicity Erica's wasn't in long it. enough to get a prison body like uh, like Mike the Teresa. Situation got, like Teresa. When I tell you, I've had ASOS orders take longer to arrive than Felicity Huffman <laughs> was in goddamn jail. I was like, what? I'm like, I don't want her to rot, but I'm like, what is this happening? She well, basically was at a sad Airbnb. Well, also, I, I mean, I feel like at this point, like prison, it seems like if if they if I ever get word that they have streaming or the Internet in prison, I'll fucking kill somebody. I'm going to go there. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll watch all my shows. I'll watch, you know, like I don't this year's taught me I don't need to see many people. I'll see them on visitation <laughs> days. Like, it sounds like not horrible. Yeah. Um, when you're for the rich white ladies going to prison, it's a dream come true. You're just having like liver pate and like watching the view. Well, the what uh, Lori Laughlin got to choose which prison she went to. Like she got to select it like a college. Like she went and visited campuses, you know. And the, which the irony, where she's like, "Which prison should I go to?" I'm like, "I want to be close to home." It's like that's what Olivia Jade said. You, that's why you did this. Oh my God, that poor bitch has to not talk anymore. Oh, also, Olivia see Jade. why would Olivia Olivia Jade went on Red Table Talk? Which Red Table Talk is just another kind of weird pop culture hole that I'll go down sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, it's fascinating. This exists on so many, like they got Will Smith to cry like uh, a billionaire. Almost. They got him to admit his fault on Facebook. Admit, yeah. On Facebook live. And it was, <laughs> I, I just, I'm, but like Olivia Jade, it's like, dude, there's nothing we, I don't know you enough where I need to hear you and what you think about this. You, you actually know? hit the nail on the head. That's the thing. Cause that's what I was so confused about with her because until she did that interview, I just thought of her. I was like, oh, this dumb, this like poor little girl got all caught up with this. Her parents just had all the control of it. She had no clue. And then after it, after she went on that, I realized, oh, well, she did pose for those rowing picks. I'm like, she really doesn't look like she's like learned her lesson. I'm like, okay, now I don't like you. <laughs> I'm suspect of anybody that's a YouTuber, you know, like anybody oh. that's like, I'm suspect. Like it is such a weird or like a TikToker, like those D'Amelios or whatever. Um, I Oh, did you watch Perez Hilton crying about his TikTok <laughs> yesterday? That was like, it was a nine and a half minute video of Perez Hilton begging because he had a lifetime ban on TikTok and he's begging because TikTok has given him so much joy and he needs back on immediately. And he is begging the D'Amelios, the most popular TikTokers to pull strings to get him back on. Like this I'm is like, wild. Right. I'm like, at what point should this man not be reaching out to the 16 year old girl to like 
It's, I mean, so it's very Scott Disick adjacent. Yeah, oh I'm like, what's well, going on? It, and it's like, not even, it's shameless. Like, he's literally begging, crying. Like, there's no, he's not even trying to pretend like he's, like, cool in any sense. Oh, and that's so, yeah. And I love, too, his thing where he's like, well, it doesn't matter at the end of the day because I'm always in business. And I'm like, Perez Hilton? <laughs> You're well, always I, in business? I mean, he's always around. I mean, I really I <laughs> well, like 15, or how, whenever he was like super popular, I remember refreshing that website 80, hundred times a day Same. when he would draw the cum bubbles on the faces. And I thought the it was CDs, so, yes. thought it was so funny. Like at the time, I thought it was so funny. And to see that now, like to see how it all ends up as like a older man crying about his TikTok ban is you couldn't have predicted that you couldn't have predicted TikTok. So like, it's it, all insane. It really shows you're like, oh, maybe bullies don't win. Cause it's so, cause like his career. And I mean, like I'm, I'm the first, you admitted, I loved that website so much. I thought it was so funny. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's what tablets were. But then when you like flash cut to 10 years later, when like Misha Barton's like on the hill saying, you really made me sad. And I was like, the only time I was like, oh, you're on the show. It's, I forgot that she was on it. Misha Barton, that. that was her only good kind of scene. Cause there was yeah. no way they were trying to connect him in the hills, you guys, the reboot. And they tried to all of a sudden make it of like, yeah, we always hung out with Misha. She was always around. And then it was like these awkward scenes of them trying to get to know each other. Then they threw Brandon Lee, Tommy Lee's son oh, in the God. mix. It was so bizarre. But yeah, Misha Barton confronted Perez Hilton and it was this kind of sad thing because you see that both neither of these people won. Like anybody in that bubble of Lindsay Absolutely. Lohan. I mean, I guess Paris Hilton in the end turned out to be the winner of all of them, you know? Which is like the goddamn Phoenix, Paris the Phoenix. She's rising up. And I don't know how she's so like, she clung to reverse Kardashian. She went from her assistant and now she's like, why well, made her? Which is like her claim to fame. And yeah. Kim doesn't deny it because she got a point there, but God. No, Kim I mean, will still go hang out with her once a year for the photos. Like they'll, that she gets invited the to the holiday Couture. party. What do you think about the Kardashians not being able to have a holiday party this year? Are you, um, are you crestfallen? I am. It made me realize how severe this pandemic is. <laughs> you know what? It was one of the first times in my life that I realized like, Hey, you guys, something's going on here. And I knew it when they first said it. And it wasn't when Chloe got COVID and waited seven months Pretension. to tell us that wasn't the, <laughs> Wait, by the way, that was so good. Like she got COVID in the beginning, could have done a great deal of help in terms of like, Hey, you guys, this is really Educated. serious. She waited seven fucking months for their episode to come out of like, I had COVID this whole time. I'm sitting there going like, if you had come out earlier, you and stupid Kanye and like, it would have helped so many people of like, damn, we got to take this serious, you know? Right. Instead of it coming out when she's like peddling her like bedazzled for breeze, which God bless. And I'm like, what the point? And that's when actually it's one of those things. That was the moment where, cause for so long I was like, okay, well the Kardashians built themselves. They're doing their thing. I can't, I'm not going to judge them. Cause I'm like a little bit jealous of what they're doing. But then I was like, oh, they're like truly trash for like making COVID a storyline being produced instead of doing what you said to raise awareness for it. I'm like, is this really what we're going to? Well, and then like Chloe's bedroom she's confined to is bigger than my, any space I've ever lived put together. Like it's the city these... MD. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, it was just like, oh my God, I got lost in my bedroom. Help me. And like, <laughs> um, Okay, so Real Housewives of Salt Lake, you said something interesting. You said you, I think uh, you were not completely in love with this show yet. Yes. Is that right? And what, what yeah. is that about? Well, okay, so when it premiered, everyone, it kind of was like when everyone went to see La La Land and everyone was like, oh my God, this movie changes lives. Like it's jazz, it's everything. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, who can sing in this? Like just not getting it, not enjoying it. And a little bit of it, I feel like, was because everyone was liking it. I was like, Ugh, I don't really know what this is about. So when I watched the first episode of Salt Lake City, everyone was like, oh, this is crazy. I'm like, is it? It felt very much like a lot of them, they were they came in too hot and they were trying so much there. 
See, that's just something I hear a lot, and especially you still see it with Jen Shaw, is like she's doing plus 30, you know? Like she's Kardashian cosplay. Yeah, it's like, you know, you'd always want to give that director note of like less is more let us you know we you know let us just feel it we don't need to see it and we'll we'll learn it by osmosis and jen from the minute one feels like she went through some kind of housewives training camp where they train al-qaeda but it's housewives and (laughs) it it's it seems insane like it's like but but at the same time i'm weirdly fascinated by it too it's like the weird both of it because that's the thing where i'm because that was my thing i did not like the show that much because of how much she came on and how she's kind of egging all these things on. Cause I was like, Oh my God, she's so trying to produce herself or make herself something. But now like four, five episodes in, I'm like, okay, maybe this is who this girl is a little bit more, or she's yes. coming and showing us yes. a little bit. I'm like, Oh, she's cause like, then you realize like, Oh, she's been watching housewives probably since 2008 and the Kardashians since 07. So she, this is how she's acted. Cause she's always wanted to be on no, a reality have, show. See, and that's what I said. I feel like we're to blame. She's yeah. Right. Like, exactly. It's like, she's like a part of like some kind of AI Terminator experiment where she's had all of this information and we built this person. Like we now are watching people that have been raised on reality shows. So they're knowing everything to do already they're already on fire and they're talking heads there there's no warming up you know they're already warm i will tell you there was no lube involved when hospital <laughs> I, that was full-on penetration Mar- i was like Mar- you smell like hospital very <laughs> raw dog at that point and uh uh as a callback to serious you guys um I was gonna so, say, raw dog comedy yeah so <laughs> this just a lot. five episodes in and i really you know i was in love with it from the beginning just because I am desperate for anything. And I really just, I was like, oh, this, this works. This, I was so excited that it seemed like it worked. I was fascinated in all of the characters. I thought Lisa and Meredith looked very similar, but they have different personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, you know, I, so I, I was kind of immediately in, in love or wanting more. And each of these episodes I feel has given more to them. Like, I kind of worry about it being like a comet about like shining too bright, too fast, because mm-hmm. I'm used to um, that normal reality show of like first episode, good. Second episode, pretty good. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, we dip, dip. And then we pick back up for the end of the season, you know? The Beverly Hills roller coaster, yeah. Yeah, Beverly Hills finds one plot line and then yeah. they jam that to death until the end. And they find right a doll. now, we've gotten, we've gotten five episodes in a row that I feel like keep going up. It's, that's what worries me because I'm like, where are we going from here? That I'm like, we're all fighting about like, like um, if you're a swinger, about an amputee. I, there's all these words that I have not seen on my TV in so long that I'm kind of like, what are you guys fighting about next? I'm like, because this is what also happened. I'm like, what grown, what two grown adults are having a sleepover and then drama over a sleepover? And then a son that tells you you can't go to the sleepover. And then a son that says, sorry, you are not allowed to go to that sleepover. Like that's when I kind of, I mean, like that's that family. That's the family that I, I've taken my Jen Shaw energy over to them that I'm like, y'all know Kardashians, y'all know D'Amelio's what's going on at the breakfast the table. Being like, yeah. Yeah. I feel there's a little bit of a flowers in the attic vibe going on too. Like, I don't know the brother, sister, like Brooks seems so judgmental. Like he Brooks doesn't, hasn't had any interactions with me and doesn't even know I exist, but I already feel him judging me. Like I feel it. Like I know he's judging me. Yeah. Like he's the kid when you like walk out of a Starbucks and like he's smoking the cigarette in all black and he just like <laughs> at you and you're like, you ruin like then I'm like, OK, fine, I'll go to Pono, like like au bon pon and eat like bread until I cry. Like he just has the bully tendencies, I imagine. Or he's also the guy that you you try to buy his tracksuit and he's like, 
it wouldn't look good on you. Yeah. I'm, like you like, we don't need the sale. Like yeah, he's guy. like, we stop at medium. And I'm like, okay, cool. Can I just have the, can I just like shove myself, like shove it into my throat until I stop breathing? Thank you so much. I'll go to Savage X Fenty, bitch. Yeah. Well, I got upset when he was telling his mom what to do of like, you will not have Jen up there showing her vagine right in my face. And poor Chloe, our, your daughter has to see this. I'm like, you are not the dad. Just because yeah. you stayed home from a semester just to be on TV doesn't make you any better than anybody else. Well, that is the other thing. I'm like, the reason Jen is doing her job in that scene because she's at, like, she's being on a reality show. Yeah, she's she's doing like a full showgirls routine on the couch, you know? Full on Gypsy Rose Lay. Here she is, boys. <laughs> here she is, girls. Here's Jen. But I don't, I'm like, Brooks, you don't have to be in this scene. Like, I don't need you in the scene, actually. Yeah, go, wait, brother, Brooks, go to your room. Go yeah, to your room, Brooks. Yeah. Oh, go to your room. Oh, go to your room. Yeah. <laughs> I need him to get timed out or like, I don't even know, like, uh, go. Wouldn't that like, be an amazing scene? Like, Brooks, you're in, that would be a cool end of the season where Meredith finally learns to stick up for herself and like uh, grounds Brooks. She grounds Brooks for eternity. He's just like in a well and they're just like, Brooks, you can get one. You, you can get like- Put the lotion in the basket, Brooks. He's like, this isn't La Mer, mom. I'm dying down here. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, but okay, so as a, as a gay man, do you have any kind of take on that? Like, is that like good to watch a, a, a young gay man uh, just steamrolling his mom? I, I will say it's one of the things like, I'm judging it, but then I was thinking, but I'm like, if I was in his shoes, I would be doing the exact same. No, thing. you would do, you would be, he has no change of facial. He's always like, you would at least smile here and there. Well, if I had, if I was friends with Heather Gay, I'd be getting that Botox too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Heather. I do. I, love I gotta Heather say, so I think she's really turning into me for like the emotional uh, center of the or the the moralistic center of the show. Like, I love her tragedy of like um, blaming herself for a divorce that her husband wanted, and that I went against God. I it, we we didn't have to be meant for each other. We broke a sacrament. I mean, that is like some real Shakespearean shit you're carrying around. You know, I loved that so much, and it was one of the things I was like, oh, these are the like she she gave us the realest moment. She gives us the realest moments yeah. of this uh, season. Her and uh, Whitney, I feel, do. And I love that Heather did that so much. And it's one of those things, too, that's so annoying. And Heather definitely does not want to, like, come out here as, like, this person. But it's also just so refreshing, which is, like, the most annoying thing, just to see, like, this <laughs> regular mom of three who's, like, just dressed to go to work, who's truly being a person. She kind of reminds me of, like, Robin Dixon if Robin talked more. <laughs> I, I was thinking about Robin today because Robin is another person that has IRS problems. But yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. <laughs> um, uh, so this episode of five, it's like a they had a to be continued already. And I'm like, girl, you're in your first season. You don't get a to be continued like four into five. Every episode, quote unquote, could be a to be continued. Like every episode is a to be continued. This is just a return to the Met Gala luncheon. That's which what was, I was confused <laughs> ridiculous this is when i watched that last and when she got the louis vuitton uh airpods which are eleven hundred dollars they're doing caviar eggs or whatever like voltaire is sitting there standing there preparing things or tasting the 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 champagne or whatever they're drinking is 2003 when a bunch of people, people died. died and it tastes better that way this is the kind of like, this is Caligula shit that like would put Mary behind bars. This will be exhibit A at Mary's eventual trial. Oh my God. That is so true because it's the opulence that has no control over it, and she's showing off to show off and that's all of her outfits and stuff like that. And that's what made me also love Heather too when she was just like, we're going to a Met Gala luncheon even though the Met Gala is at night and it's based on a place. So the Met Gala's theme is different every year. 
So I'm dressing up for lunch, which I mean, it's a great riddle. It's a great thing to keep the ladies on their toes. It makes no sense. And I loved it. I loved all of it. Um, So we get we start this episode and we're already on the Mary, uh, Mary Jen fight. Like that's already because Jen, the last episode gave a huge speech about like trying to explain why, uh, you know, if I'm your friend, I'm your friend. If you do crazy shit, I'll pull you aside and tell you. But I got your back. And so her and Meredith are making up. But then Mary's like. Where the fuck is my apology? Where you call me a grandpa fucker, which there's no lies detected. She is technically. And by the way, what's your thoughts on that? Have you come around to grandpa fucking in the the course of this? I have not come around or come on that. (laughs) Uh, It brings me no joy. It's just weird. And well, because it got, it made me feel really weird, mainly because of Mary during this episode when she was crying about it were when she was kind of just like uh, being like, this is, it took me a lot of time to realize this and it's because my grandma wanted to do it. And I kind of want to be like, what is the deep dive into this fucking family? Because like, what grandma makes their granddaughter do that? So it does skeeve me out. I like how they do seem not lovey-dovey, which is not fun for them, but it seems like it is more so a marriage of business, but it's a weird ass business. It's not a business. And and the the thing with these shows is I feel like now there's going to be a big spotlight on that business. And I feel like this should have been, we should have had this and then a four part companion HBO Max docudrama about Mary's religion. You know, like it should have gone hand in hand because I was like, there are so many unanswered questions I have. And the more I read into it, it's just so wild. And you know, it's called Mary Had a Little Dot Dot Dot. And each episode title is a different (laughs) thing. Mary Had a Little Grandpa, Mary Had a Little Trauma, Mary Had a Little Coffee Arm, (laughs) Mary Had a Little Tax Fraud. And it's a four series. Kudos to these producers that actually started making me like sympathize with Mary. I was like, you know what? She's been getting a hard, you know what? That's a really, that's a, nobody made her, you know, like I I have to realize that nobody made her marry her grandfather. It was just in a will. If you really didn't want to marry your step-grandfather, you can just run, you know? I I guess so. But I think, I guess, because she was like, I want to stay with the power of the church that her grandma was doing and everything like that. And I think it's a whole- Wow, da- Danny, I just want everybody to point out, Danny's sticking up for the grandpa fucking at this point. Danny well, I'm sick- really came out for the grandpa fucking. Well, I'm more so in the boat of like, well, if you don't want to be a Nexium, just run, honey. But it's like, okay, where am I going to? What? Where's the Uber? <laughs> where's the where's the Uber from Mary? Where she's kind of like, okay, I'm in this ways. And because she was younger when it happened. So then she's kind of just like, I guess this is my life now. 2020 is the year of the cult. I mean, like I love the vow. I love- yes. Heaven's, well, Heaven's Gate had a documentary on HBO Max, not as sexy as The Vow, but still great. And then you had Mary and uh, you had the Trump cult, like all cults that I thought were like huge for 2020. Big for cults, even though it's so bad to congregate with big groups. So it really is a dichotomy. It, it's, it's really, it's a shame. My only thing against cults is that, yeah. The the chefs are great to watch through this whole scene because they continue to do their work. They really aren't making a lot of facial reactions and they actually get brought into the scene in a bit, but it is just funny. So this whole fight is happening and Mary is now, you know, talking over you and Jen's like, you said no interruption. And it's like really starting to go off. It goes off the rails and it's always my favorite moments when housewives make up rules that they are mad no one else follows. When it's like, everyone knows you don't talk at my luncheon for the Met Gala. It's like stuff like that. I know she made that rule before, but that it's like such a personal attack at them, which is why I love the show. But yeah. they got heated. And when and then Mary, Mary, Mary looks at Jen and Jen goes, open your eyes one more fucking time. Open them. I dare you. And it's like, you can't control your eye opening, you know? Yeah. 
she really has it in on Mary's eyes. <laughs> yeah, and then so we're flashing back to like the hospital comment. Um, Heather is breaking down the grandpa fucker in hospital. Like we all, like we forgot Heather. We're we're caught up. Like I went into this knowing those things already. I love that they're trying to keep up like the people that just stumbled upon this show all the time. Right? You know? Yeah. Like I'm not gonna forget someone said you smell like hospital. Yeah, I mean, that's like that's burned into my memory. Like yeah. I believe when I die, my last moments that'll pop into my head at some point. <laughs> You know, yeah. and um, you'll probably be at a hospital, so it'll really try. Yeah, <laughs> Lisa, Lisa, Lisa cringes at hearing Grandpa fucker. Mary is, um, pro- Mary says, you know, she's. Oh, Lisa says Mary's probably thinking that we all think that of her, and we don't. And I'm like, then you guys are idiots. That's all you should be thinking about her is that you know. Inherently, that is what she is doing. You know what I mean? Yes. Or, yeah. <laughs> Um, but Jen runs outside. Heather brings Jen back in. Whitney's chugging her wine. Whitney is just a bright, shining star. She is so bright and bubbly. My hero. And she's one of the bitches that grew on me. Because the first episode I was like, I didn't love. And I mean, I can't talk because I sound like Bambi's mom before she got shot in the movie. Like my voice is high pitched. But <laughs> Wait, Whitney's spo- voice- Spoiler alert. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry anybody you tuned into Bambi, that. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, Charlie DeMillo, if you never watched that movie. <laughs> uh, but she, her voice was just like, I'm like, Ugh, what's going on with you? And I'm like, okay, you love to pull downs. Great, great, great. But now I'm like so obsessed with her. And because she's doing these funny lines. You know, she really does have like a great way of speaking and the high-pitched voice don't let it fool you guys. She's got like, she knows. I mean, I don't think she's uh, devious at all, but she does have a great sense of humor. Yeah. And what I do love about her is her kind of unabashed, like hope and like wanting to believe in her dad and wanting to believe oh. the best in people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we make fun of her dad. I make fun of her dad's hair all the time, but he obviously is a man who is struggling and, that relationship between her and her dad. And we see that in this episode too, of just wanting to believe that this is, you know, dad, I really feel this is the time. This is the time that when you go to sober living, it's all going to work. And that takes a lot of that. That's a, you know, says a lot about her. That's a lot. And it's a lot on both ends of the stick to broadcast that publicly. Cause there's one part of me that I'm like, Oh, that's brave. And it's great awareness for people. But on the other end, I'm like, okay, bitch, you're making this your plotline season one. Okay. <laughs> but i'm glad it's working at least to hope i'm just hopeful that like the dad is now there i just like the dad like the dad like he just reminds me so much of like bill clinton speak where he's like hey it's great to be back here in this oh hey what's up bonnie how you doing i'm yeah i'm back i'm back like it's so like gentlemanly southern to me it's so southern i also love how much they tried to make him cry or zoom in on maybe him crying at mary's (laughs) church and he was just eyes closed he was just like what (laughs) um so at the restaurant, you guys, this fight is still continuing. And finally, Mary goes, Walter is very upset right now. The head guy that at Walter's and Walter, they do a shot of Walter and the waiters. They're not making any like you can't tell if they're you can't tell if they're alive. And Jen goes, I know them, too. I know Voltaire and the waiters, too. And they're all just standing there. It's like it's, it's- so insane to bring Walter into it. And I love too that they're just like, I'm not going to get involved in this. They And also I love too, I'm like, is Salt Lake that big a place? Like they probably all use this guy for his catering and cooking, like uh, Jen said. And I love too that his just, A, that his name is Volter, and yeah. that he was just standing there like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, like as long as the chat, like the credit card clears, like I, I got rid of like champagne on these ladies, the caviar that's like not, you know. I, I, but Whitney at this point does a talking head goes, I'm 30 and everyone here is acting like they're 10. Uh, Whitney later went on that night on Twitter to let us know that she's actually uh, 32 and that she misspoke. Okay. So, okay. Whitney, was... you old hag. <laughs> Do you think the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City ladies are doing their own social media? No. 
Well, I think uh, Whitney might because she doesn't do that much, but I know a hundred percent. Jen hired one of Brooks's friends. <laughs> well, so. I, I, I mean, that's what I said. I thought Jen had hired one of the Bravo holics, like because I was like, oh, you're right. They're, they're, I'm like, who goes into Twitter that solid on Twitter, knowing all the Twitter formats? It's like you have to like ease into that. And Jen on the first night was like throwing memes out and throwing like I was like, what the hell's going on? And then also being able to because a lot, of course, a lot of people are tweeting at her. It's it, your someone's job right there is responding to all the yes. tweets, quoting them and everything like that. Cause it's not like, it's not like this woman. Cause she wasn't really tweeting before this. Cause I was looking. So I'm like, it's not, she's new to Twitter. She doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. She without a doubt has some hired help, which is so, I mean, Hey, hats off to her with the Shaw squad, but still. But I just want, like, I guess the, as I close out 2020, I want to, I want more truth. I don't like to be lied to. Like, let me know. Like, yeah, I hired some kid. Enjoy. Like, I, I don't like to, like, I just want to know the truth. And then and I'll also, decide if I want to continue reading it, you know? Right. I think that would kind of be fun. To, I mean, like, it would kind of be like a f- LOL at her, but a funny flex. She's like, yeah, hi guys. I don't really know how to tweet. So I hired this guy. We're working together. You know what I mean? Type of just like be open with it. And then I feel like it would kind of be more open for all these other, it'd be a great, I mean, maybe a first great job for a, a Bravo fan who's looking for some social media experience to be like, yeah, I can do this. If that's someone's dream job, honey, it's out there. You just got to find the right Craigslist ad. We, this scene gave us so much because we also at this point get a, uh, that Mary made a weird comment about going, if she goes to a 7-Eleven and sees black people in front, she will go to a different 7-Eleven. And uh, Jen has spilled this information and that's right up there with hospital. That is, that is, because that's, I was, when she said that, I was like, holy shit, this, and also I can totally understand now Jen's major animosity to Mary. It's at level because she has a black, like black sons and a black husband. So like, I feel like there's definitely, now we're getting into the show behind the show of her being just like fuming at the idea that she said that. Yeah. But then as soon as I said that, I said, we need it. We need a GoPro on Mary pronto. Like we need to see every piece of footage with Mary. Um, so anyways, Jen finally leaves. She didn't take the AirPods, the the Louis Vuitton AirPods. And Mary's like, give them to me. She doesn't, she doesn't get those then, you know, uh, I have them Mary. If you're yeah, listening. God. But I, also I, I really, I, I really do strongly think that will be exhibit a in some court case mm. with Mary down the road. Um, so now we're at Mary's house. They're making a shake. We meet Sharlinda, the housekeeper who is beatboxing in the kitchen to Mary. Um, so I was like, Oh, perfect. They have a housekeeper. Uh, people pointed out later that I read that Sharlinda is dressed up actually like a nurse. Um, oh, and that, that she put that a lot of people, are under the impression that it is, um, is it Robert Sr.'s, uh, the, is that the gentleman? Yeah, the grandfather's nurse. It's grandfather's uh, nurse. Uh, oh, Because if you okay. see the outfits, they are nurse outfits, like in terms of like the nurse, cool nurse scrubs, I guess. Um, so <laughs> I don't know, So this is one of those things we go all around the houses. We go to Meredith's house. Brooks has these weird uh, golden girl, like reading glasses on. Did you see A that? A little too much, yeah. The I want to check his rent the runway orders from when he found out his <laughs> he was going to be on this show. Like, because I know he immediately emailed his school, I'm not coming back, bitches. I'm a movie yeah. star now. And he <laughs> rented every runway, even like the runway at LAX. I want to, I want to see Andy Cohen with Brooks. 
Uh, ooh, that would be a lot. They'd be snowing a lot, I feel like. probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Lisa Barlow with her kid. We go to Heather's house and uh, she's like, being a divorced mother of three children, uh, my ex-husband has always provided for us. They want uh, He wants there to be a mother 24-7 available to them. We see that her uh, daughter, she's not as strict as other Mormons. She has been dating the same boy for two years. Um, but this is an interesting conversation the daughters and her have about going to church and how they haven't been in a while because they're really judgmental, uh, the churchgoers of the family. I love that. And I thought it was so interesting, too. And I feel like, I mean, I'm not someone who is a, a frequent flyer of a, of a body and blood, but I for the people that <laughs> might have be like in that circle or like in churches in general, I, I feel like that must be so interesting because I can't, I mean, like any group or thing you go to, there's a lot of judgment there and people probably have such mixed feelings and hard feelings about it. So I love that Heather is so open with that being like, yeah, when I got divorced, people were fucking mean to me at this church that I was a part of for so long. So yeah, maybe I don't want to go that much. And her kids too are like, yeah, I don't really want to go. I love that she said it. Yeah. Like it affected their standings at the church. So they pulled away. And I was like, man, the church is supposed to be like supposedly the place that welcomes you with open arms when Mm -hmm. you are at your bottom, you know, and they're judging uh, this family. I thought that was just really dark. Um, What also is dark, you guys, is Meredith picks up Seth from the airport, uh, but she's in the back seat. So I think somebody's driving, though they never showed the person driving. And he gets in the car and, you know, he gives her a big kiss. And she's like, I want you to sit right next to me. And she's like, treat me like it's a first date. Um, and Seth, I vomited at that, by the way. Uh, yeah. I was like, no, no. What are we going to, are we going to see like a finger bang or something like that? Yeah. I was like over the pants hand job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Can you do that in snow? See, yeah. <laughs> oh no. Are we going to see dry humping, like chafing of jeans and stuff? Uh, <laughs> which, by the fun. way, I said this, I've said this a lot. Like I, is there a certain age where like dry humping, like I remember dry humping a lot in high school. And then it's like, there's a certain age where I think you just dry humping is not even on the agenda anymore. Like it's like you've moved past dry humping, you know? And can I say never hated it. I mean, I wouldn't mind like, I, (laughs) this is, I've, I lost it in my pants so many times for dry humping and had to hope that my girlfriend didn't feel the wet spot, which you knew she did. I'm going to edit this out. This is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But it's when you're like, you're like, can you tell it's like the Titanic is sinking, filling up water. You're like, yeah, I can feel the water. I know what's going on here. (laughs) Women and children first, women and children first. (laughs) But not really because you came first, bitch. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cause of death. Real house of Salt Lake episode five. So Seth, we find out is working in Dayton. And um, last time they were together, it was a bit tense and he accused her of hiding something. She wouldn't let him see his phone. He loves being in Ohio. He realizes he's a blue collar guy. And she's like, when the ski season's over, you're going to come live with me in Ohio. And he's like, "Uh, where you live is more important than who you live with. He's like needling her immediately in the car. A lot. Yeah. And it's kind of rude too to do that when you know she just signed on for a show in Salt Lake City too, where she's kind of like, yeah, this is my identity where I'm at. And then when she like, it's also, I'd like hate the idea. I mean, I'm not in a relationship, so I don't really know. Cause the tears as I chug Pina Grigio. But it's one of those (laughs) things where I mean, like that's such a hard conversation. I feel for people to like, okay, well I have to move because of work or anything like that. Like, cause you're taking an identity. You're, 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 you're taking, you're giving more than taking in that scenario. He moved his family there. And it seems like he's uprooted his family many times during their life uh, together. But then he just, he won't stop. He keeps going, well, corporate headquarters is in Canton. Canton is where corporate headquarters is. 
what are we going to do about this? And she's like, it's a trigger for me, you know, talking about moving. He goes, I have over a hundred employees there. That's where the work is. Like, he's just so fargoed out at this point. Yeah. It's very the grapes of wrath. Like you're like, we have to go. We have to go for where the jobs is. I'm like, you can't telecommute or something like that. Yeah. We've got to load the wagon, Meredith. We got to go. <laughs> but he, the scene ends with like him reading a magazine. Cause they're not talking to each other. Um, yeah. We go to Mary's house. We see her in her clothes. She has tons of shoes. Um, the somebody's uh robert screaming for her and he's she's like i can't hear you with all this energy they have an intercom system in their house which is always like a, a sign of a rich person i guess signs of a rich person i also feel signs of someone who would have a nurse because they can't be running down the stairs to talk to someone he's code blue code blue robert cedar's <laughs> going under um, she's like, are you watching Grey's anatomy he's like no i'm dying <laughs> so uh this is intercut with jen calling sharif her husband um and Sharif is very well-trained. He picks up immediately usually. And he's like, happy to see your face. I love you. I love you too. Like he's mm -hmm. very immediate with like giving the, um, the romance immediately. Well, that's what I like too. Cause I feel like it's ironically a lot of the husbands that are in the sports industry are so camera trained because of what they do and media trained that it helps them in a real housewife scenario. Something they probably never thought would yeah. happen, but he knows like when he has to be on, he's on. Yeah, like there's no thing of like, I've been in conversations before where it's like, hey, you, you sound a little down. Are you listening? Like, there's none of that. He's always like, yes, I hear exactly what you're saying. You got this. You're the strongest woman I've ever met. I love you so much. I love you more. You know, goodbye. It's all fluff and her. It's fluff or not. Yeah, yeah, he's just like building her up and making sure she's getting a good edit. And, a, and he is too. Um, so this is intercut with Mary. So it's like a weird summer loving from Greece, like to the guys and the girls are going back and forth. Mary's <laughs> telling me more. <laughs> Mary said, did you smell hospital? Did, you <laughs> did, um, so back to Mary and she's explaining to her step grandfather, husband that, you know, how offended she was by Jen. She spent all this money on the party. Uh, then we go back to Jen telling Sharif that about the hoodlum and the Seven Eleven and, um, you know, so this is just going back that, you know, and Sharif saying, well, Mary's got some interracial issues and that's a real thing between black people and black people, I believe he was saying. Yeah, which is, which I'm like, I'm, it's, I feel like also good for Jen to kind of not get checked, but to get that awareness too, because Jen is, of course, she says that she's not black. She's married to a black man, has black kids. So it's, I feel like it's also kind of beneficial for her to talk this out with him. Not that it's his job to kind of <laughs> show her the ropes of it, but being like, this is probably what she is feeling in what, what she's saying. But what's interesting is hearing Mary tell Robert Sr. that about the grandpa fucker thing. And Robert's like, well, I don't care what they see or think about us or this or that or the other. Like, he's like pretty calm. Obviously, he's dealt with this before. Mary is crying, but she's wearing this horrible Gucci hat while she's doing it. I don't know a lot about fashion, but I know she spends a lot of money on her clothes. I just want to know why they don't fit. Like, it doesn't can seem I tell like you, they fit her body at all, you know? And I mean, I'm someone, I have this same issue because I order something, but then I eat like a pound of like anything in my fridge. I'm like, why doesn't this fit? So I get where I don't, <laughs> but I don't think she's a drunk online orderer. Like I am. And she's not a binge eater. Like I am. So I don't know what she's doing. And I think it like, comes down to what you're saying, how she's going to fuck herself over money wise. She just buys to buy and she buys because of a label and because of a brand where she's like, if it says Versace, I want it. So people know that I have Versace type of scenario, but I'm like, this is fucking disgusting. It's like when people have like a sweater, I mean, um, is it Lisa who has that sweater? that says Balenciaga all over it. I'm like, why are oh, you? Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand style or fashion really. Like I'm an old Navy man myself, so I don't really 
sometimes an old Navy SEAL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, and I'm happy with that. Okay. Sorry. I just had to turn on a light cause it was getting Blair witch project in here, but um, <laughs> so back to Mary. So, you know, basically they're saying this is all about jealousy. Mary's saying Jen's jealous of me and blah, blah, blah. Mary says, it's like a tree with a bad apple. It's going to ruin all the other apples. Mary says, if I cut you off, you're done. So we're done. So she's saying her and Jen are done. Jen's out. Um, this was the next scene with uh, Whitney at her um, brother's karate lesson or something, or like his like- I went to fill up a cup of coffee and I came back 20 seconds later. I'm like, where did we go? I'm like, did I switch the channel? What's going on here? And it's her stepbrother because they're yes. from different fathers, uh, but he was always nice to Whitney's father, but they're like, they're doing jujitsu and they're throwing each other on the floor. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. Like, I don't it was a little cruel intentions. It was a little cruel yeah, intentions. Like there was yeah. something happening and you know, I don't know. So basically it's all about like, Hey, will you be nice to my dad again? Send supportive messages. He's really trying to do this thing. Great. Now we're at Lisa Henry's uh, Lisa Barlow's son. Henry has a bowling party. Um, all the kids are gacked out on Coke. They're just like, no, no, they're, Lisa lets us know once again. She's having a few eight balls. Yeah. She's the queen of Sundance, you guys. And Sundance is about to be here. And so she's got to give her kids the most attention and the most love she can right now because when Sundance happens, her kids don't exist, right? Um, so can I say goes, I do understand I do kind of shout out because I mean, like obviously it sounds weird, but I'm like, you know what? I like a bitch who's like, okay, you know what? Mommy's working. So yeah. you, I can't give you focus. I'm very curious to see what she does at Sundance day to day, but I did like that she was full on with that. We are seeing that. And today, Lisa Barlow posted on her Twitter uh, past photo, past blurry photos of her and Ben Affleck from Sundance and her and Samuel L. Jackson, but they were very blurry photos. And it doesn't really like, you know, when you see ladies that have constantly gotten work that have made themselves look better, she looks like a version of like, you're like, oh, I can see Lisa in there, I think. You it's know? one of the Russian nesting dolls. You're like, okay, that was the third one before you popped out two more. Yeah. By the way, that would be an amazing Bravo product of somebody like Erica Jane of going like a Russian nesting doll of like Erica Jane now and then through the years back to like when she first started, you know? Ryan, I'm not joking. You make that. Like you, like I would buy all, like that is actually the smartest thing I've ever heard anybody I, say ever. I go to, I go to Russia to learn how to build nesting dolls. And I'm like, I did it. That's like me with any idea I have. I'm like, wait, I have to Google something. I'm good. I'm like, <laughs> by the way, we'll see when Bravo merchandise shop, put it out next week. And Oh, without a doubt. Listen. Yeah. So anyways, Lisa's telling her husband about Meredith and Seth separating. And then Lisa says, you know, our marriage is for eternity. You, you pick a partner and make the best of it, which I was like, okay, so they have a really good family. But then she's like, you know, we've had our problems. I've thrown his Rolex out the window before. And then like, he had to go back and get it. We got to like, and that just went and nobody really said anything about it in the show. And they just show just kept going where for me, I just stopped in my tracks. I was like, wait, think about that. She took the watch off his wrist and threw it out a car window. <laughs> While the car was moving, like that's more than just normal, you know? That's reckless driving. That's endangerment. That is feuds. And that whole thing kind of made me sad too. Cause I was like, oh girl, are you in like, you're like, cause I mean, I understand the ideas that they have. They're like, marriage isn't about love. It's about you make this promise until not even death, but after life. And I'm like, yikes, there's a lot of life before afterlife. Yes. And you get the sense that, well, and especially for the Mormon religion where you are, you're you're for like afterlife too. Like you you get married in the temple, you are then bound to them in heaven as well. And it's like, can you imagine like you hate each other down here, but you marry and then you have to hang out with them up there too? Like it never right? ends. like 
stand like you know what I mean like standing next to old icons like standing next to Joan Rivers ain't gonna make you like your husband anymore let me no. tell you that much yeah um so uh basically th their marriage is great you know they're sad for other marriage now this is what we just talked about about Whitney and her dad it's just she's the one to take her dad to this place we find out she's paid for his past rehabs yeah. um you know and and you know he knows himself well enough where he just wants that structure and they all know him when he gets there and they all know Whitney. So it seems like this is a very thing that they've all been through together. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a scene. <laughs> yeah. It was very emotional. It was kind of one of those things where I was like, and it made me like Whitney even more like Whitney was killing it this episode for more, uh, where I was just like, Oh, when all of them were like, okay, Whitney, he talks about you so much. I love that you're here. You're doing all this and everything like that. And you can tell it's sincere because I feel like rehab, uh, rehab owners aren't really down to Bravo TV. So I feel yeah. like they would only do it if Whitney really did have a closer connection with them and they weren't really like, and they were, they truly are into everything she's doing for her dad. This is where I need an old episode of intervention to like, kind of like come in and then, you know, uh, but, but, but Whitney, like, I, I do gotta, like, agree with you is that like, it takes so much to show up for people to actually be there when the chips are down and to, yeah. you know, you, you, those people are really strong people. So I really, I am a big Whitney fan now. I, and I'm, I'm really excited to see, uh, more about her life as a swinger because I really think I, that is is a possibility that she is. Can a I say I fucking hope so? Because I remember one of my favorite shows. No one remembers it. It was on ABC. I think Swingtown. It lasted for one season. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never watched I, it, but I know, I know what you know. I loved it so much, and it's such a fun culture that I'm like, there should be a reality show on it. A, but I would like Whitney to maybe give it a little segue because, honey, what are <laughs> keys for? Like, let's jingle, jingle all the way, baby. I'm ready for well, it. You know, when the husband isn't like insanely as good looking as their partner, you're like, oh, they're swingers. Right. It's, like, yeah. like the husband's usually either egging on like the wife to like, hey, would love to, would love to see your body in action with another body or like, you know, it's like a weird, of course I'm now. And she's like, please God, let me do that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, now we're back to Meredith's sad house uh, with Seth. Well, not her house isn't sad. It's just it is really austere though and very cold and antiseptic. It is. But Seth, there Seth is packing up to go back to to Canton, and she, uh, she's lotioning her hands in the bathroom with a Meredith Marks robe on product placement. I hear, yeah. and then he comes out and you know she's like, "So what's your plan?" He's like, "I don't have any plans. Um, I, I it's been a hard week of a couple of weeks of a lot of arguing." And Meredith goes, I think we need a little room. And Seth says, fine, I'll give you room. I'm going to Canton. And, and he goes, maybe me being out of the picture for a while will help you find what you need in life. And she goes, I don't disagree. And, as, and then Meredith says, sometimes you have to work out things individually before you can come together. And Seth says, he doesn't know if we're going to make it. Uh, you know, it's been 25 years. They do a very, like a, a, a hug. And uh, I've been there before. I mean, not at there, but you know, you. I, I think we've all been in tough relationships, yeah. things where you're like, I don't know why this isn't working. You know? Well, that's the thing too that I feel like that's why they're clinging on to it or trying to make it work because that's the thing they're both asking, like, what is not working? What change or what are we realizing about ourselves? Type of scenario. And you don't want to just immediately throw away the 25 years that they've had together. But then it's still one of those things where it's like y'all are truly, literally going in two different directions. And I mean, no housewife starts with this. You never start the season. Yeah, it never gets with the same husband you end with. Yeah, like you never fall more in love during the housewives. <laughs> you know, I mean, unless you're like Mauricio, but obviously he's turned to marijuana to help him get through things. You know. Yes, without a doubt. <laughs> but uh, the other thing I would love to see, though, honestly, is I would love, and I kind of have a suspicion that Meredith is dating. Ooh. 
because I mean, he's, he, we made a point of seeing a talking head earlier in the season where he was like, I'm not dating. I hope you aren't. And like, they just kind of like show Meredith, like say silence. Ooh. So I kind of think maybe she has something, you know, something. Maybe, I, that's what I, and that's what I love too about this. What's making me love this show, this season franchise so much. And I'm like, Oh, we're seeing the ways that like everybody does, even the most like prim proper religious type of sh- sh- situations. Everyone is so similar. Everyone is having these moments of being like, yeah, I'm not happy in my marriage. I'm trying to date. Let's get this going type of thing. <laughs> so the one of the final scenes, uh, Heather and Mary are at dinner. Mary comes in and all Gucci, uh, you know, sits down in the water and we find out that carbonation affects your ovaries. And Mary uh, does not want carbonation because I guess she's, I mean, it was another fun-filled Mary fact, you know? Yeah, well, that's what confused me. I was like, are you trying to have more kids? Or, like, is does it just affect your ovaries overall? Like, I don't think bubbly bubbles in there, but also I don't know. So who yeah. knows? So they go back and forth in this of, like, well, you know, Jen feels triggered. Is it a Black thing? Yes. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of going, like, over covered ground that we've covered already. <laughs> Uh, Mary explains her grandma's, well, once again, we're explaining Mary's marriage situation, explains her grandma's will and that she wanted me to marry her second husband. And then Heather's like, so he's not your actual grandfather. And Mary says, well, I didn't want to even at first. Uh, she's crying during this thing. Uh, yeah. She, My grandmother managed to bring the church this far and um, she has to be, and she goes, my grandma has to be right. Look at me. I mean, look at me, Louis Vuitton. Look at me, look at me, you know, like, look how good I've done. And she goes, it took, this is the part I want to talk about real quick. It took two years to be married. She goes, it took two years to get married. I had to pray to seek higher help. And I felt peace with it because God helped me. But that doesn't make sense. Because if it took two years to be married, remember earlier in the season, she said they didn't have sex for the first month. And she acted like she was on her period for the first two weeks. And then she had to pray to God. And God finally said at the end of the month that it was okay to have sex. So I didn't realize there was a two-year waiting period where she still wasn't all right with having sex until a month into the marriage. Something doesn't add up. That really does not that's a good callback. That that is a that is a uh, door the explorer mind looking at the pieces. That that's is what I'm curious, that's I also been thought in room too- way too long. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the thing where you would assume that I'm just going with the assumptions of okay, well, like if you're <laughs> telling your granddaughter you need to marry your grandfather, that kind of goes with all the bells and whistles of a marriage yeah. of a man and a woman. And she wanted him mainly the grandma's main thing. You have to take care of him. And I felt that in the literal and the biblical sense yeah. that I'm kind of like, girl, you got to get on your knees and say, amen. You know what I mean? You got to yeah. do some Hail Marys. <laughs> some Hail Marys full poor of, you know. Poor women, regardless of, you know, a church or not. Poor women. I know. Uh, and then it's one of those, like, so I, that's what I'm so shocked about because I couldn't imagine, he does seem very low key, but I feel like he wouldn't be, no one is that low key. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And I keep hoping that we peel back the onion more and more. I mean, I guess I'm saying I even want to see them have sex by the end of the season. I want to go I, that far. I want to see I want to see a summer house noises where you just see a door shut and you hear like, uh, uh, like I want that. You need um, the hoe pro, not a GoPro. You need a hoe pro. On, trademark that, on trademark that, trademark that, trademark <laughs> um, that. So basically this ends with I, um, Heather telling Mary, hey, I'm not here to broker peace. I'm just here to listen to you. Mary says, I'm so done. And then it was next time. And we got Whitney doing body. We got Whitney's husband doing body shots off her. We have Lisa at Sundance. We get Katie and Lala from Vanderpump Rules making an appearance. I know. I'm excited. Well, I mean, I'm like, I'm loving some Whitney body shots. I'm like, that's hot. And also she's loving her best life. And I mean, I'm very curious to see Lauren from Utah back in Utah. 
I I'm I'm hoping I can stomach it. I'm hoping I can. It's been a long uh, year for Vanderpump Kids, so I'm I'm really I haven't seen any new Vanderpump footage. So this will kind of be a uh, are we? How do we feel seeing them on TV again? I guess you know. I'm almost wondering. I'm like, is is it for? Is it like were they foreshadowing, or is it lucky that it's the two people that have not been fired yet that are on this episode? <laughs> yeah, I mean, are they? Well, it, it's a good sign that they actually kept them in this episode. Because it means that they obviously want to still have them on the show, you know? It's one of those things where I'm like, do I, 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 I'm not a La La person. I don't totally love her at all, really. I don't mind Katie, though. I think Katie, I've grown to appreciate more over the years. Uh, I love her laziness. I love her, uh, her taste in movies, candy. Uh, no, I mean, I actually, I do really, I dig a lot of what she has done this past year and stuff. So, I and but I find her and Tom's relationship uh, that they they happily admit they don't like having sex with each other wild. Like I love that they just like they they love watching Polly Shore movies in bed together, and that's a marriage to them. And that's why like marriage takes all kinds, you know. It like it it's weird determining what marriage is, you know. That's the thing, and they're just like they're just loving being stoned together, and they're the only one of those groups that aren't putting on all these airs about their marriage and not having the little photo. Yes. You don't see Jack's like going like, Oh, Oh, my sexy lady, you know, like nothing like that. Usually. No, it's just them. So that's what I'm kind of, and like exactly what you said, Katie has at least grown to be like, she's the one trying the most this year or trying to like keep up with the Joneses or anything like that. And also not Brooks. I would be Katie on a reality show. Cause I'd black out, be like, wait, did I text you? I'm just going to sit on the couch for three months. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Speaking of blacking out, Danny, you made me black out. You made us all black out today on the podcast. Um, You really are, uh, you know, you really are. I don't want to say a delight because that sounds weird, but you really amazing, uh, dude. You're so funny. I hope you'll consider coming on again in the new year already. You know, oh, you're trapped with me now. (laughs) We got to do a spinoff at some point. Um, But Danny, how can we support you? What, What do we do to like say that we like you? How do we do that? Oh my God. Okay. Well, just, you know, um, tell, I'm usually at like a Zara or a Dunkin' Donuts. So if you see sure. me, say hi, yeah. I'll have a mask on, <laughs> but no, you can just follow me on all social media at Cashmere Danny, Cashmere with a K. I'll listen to the podcast. It's comedy, true crime, but if that's not your jam, that's so fine. Cause I do. So the wait, what is comedy, true crime though? Like, how does that work? Like, is well, cause it like, I'm not someone uh-huh, you I, got murdered, you know? What, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, we call the victims and laugh at that. We, we just leave them voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> we know you did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very Taylor Swift time, but no, it's uh, I, cause I'm, I'm more of a fan of like the scams and the cults and kind of like the crazy shit that goes on type of stuff versus more so anything gruesome, just cause I don't totally know how to, I, I mean, like we do some of those, but I don't totally know how to cover them super well, but I do know how to like laugh at rich people getting scammed. Did you watch Murder on Middle Beach? Yes. The tables were fat. The gifting tables that they went into in episode two, I had never, the pyramid scheme with the ladies. I was like, that's really fascinating. Like I was like, I learned something. This is amazing. I've never heard of them either. And I wish like I, but I all blocked it out the second Madison took his pants off to put on the microphone. I was like, what's happening? I was I, like, I got, I was pissed watching that. Cause I was like, I bet all my girlfriends are going to think this guy's hot. Uh, I was like, this guy's, this guy's a chump, you know? And I was like, why do they, I hope you know they all thought that. Why do they have to show his face like that? You know? Uh, Cause you guys, he's a really good looking guy and like he, but he's actually a, seems like a good guy, you know, like I liked him. He's like a, like whoever from your high school would play Troy Bolton in high school musical. That's him. <laughs> and it, honey, it, yeah. You know what? Wild cats, baby. Wild fucking cats. 
<laughs> okay, so that's the podcast that we need to go support. Then yes. where do we find you on Instagram? How do we support you there? Instagram at Cashmere Danny Cashmere with a K. DM me your thoughts on Salt Lake City or anything. I love chatting. Yeah. It, and, I, uh, how do you keep up yards. with DMs? How do, I, I, I'm so bad at them. Oh, I love it, to DM. Well, I love it, but I get, I, I think that's where my true, like straight dude shit comes into play where I get disorganized and then things like escape me. And then I, it comes overwhelming and I'm like, I'll just start tomorrow. You know, <laughs> then, well, you gotta do, you gotta put, you gotta pour yourself a nice glass of whatever you want to have, put on a nice show, a little background, something, and just have a, have a chat. It's, have, kind of, yeah, it's have a geeky. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's truly coffee time in 2020. Cause you can't talk to anybody else any other way. Oh my God. Um, oh, and also the, about the podcast that he said, when you go there, go and subscribe, but also go hit five stars on that ratings. I know it's, it's something very simple and free that everybody can do for podcasters because we know, you know, times are tough, of course, but it's a free thing to do. Is that like, you don't even have to listen to it. Just hit five stars. Oh. Keep it moving. You know, like I think it's an easy thing to do. And here's the thing. If you're still listening, you could have hated me this episode. Still just do it. <laughs> yeah. Kill him with way, kindness. If you, if, if you hated Danny this episode, don't punish me for that. Like don't, don't rate my show lower because of Danny. Uh, yeah, wait, give, yeah, give Ryan's podcast five stars and saying, oh my God, Danny's amazing. Just like, to, <laughs> so I can gloat a little bit. So I can feel it. So I can feel like <laughs> chic in the pants that are currently ripping. <laughs> Um, uh, well, this information will all be on the description for this. And, uh, Danny, thank you once again for doing this. I really appreciate it. Ryan, you're a delight, a professional. You're everything. I, you're, you're a hero. I'm going to be in LA it. when the COVID's done and we're hanging. We got a drink. We got we're a having drink. drinks. Okay. Yes. Uh,
Betches.